It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs, online at joescarding.com. Fast-paced white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Carding today. Also, make sure you head over to the website, Joe's Carding. You can either Google it or go to joescardingcardingwithak.com. Great tutorials, frequently asked questions, hours of operations, discount availability, uh, all sorts of great stuff. Uh, how-tos. There's some great videos on how to actually race the racetrack, because you know, I, I uh, was down at the Ozarks last week and we went to what ended up being the go-kart place that I always use as an example that when they drop the green flag and you drive away, you go Whoa, and travel at about six to t- 10 miles an hour downhill with the wind. And that's always the example I use of a karting track that is not any fun. Uh, so that doesn't happen at Joe's karting. But uh, racing a karting track like I did down in the Ozarks, there's nothing to it. You're not going fast enough to worry, really worry about something like that. But at Joe's Karting, there is actual technique to shave time off of your laps. And um, you can do that with some of the tutorial videos on joeskarting.com. Dirk, how's your last uh, week been? Um, expensive. Oh, yeah? Yeah, my car decided to have hiccups. Oh. So, yeah, it's... Uh... Stopped in. I had an oil change scheduled uh, a couple of weeks ago, back when the power was out for a few days for everybody. And the Firestone I go to for my oil changes didn't have power, so I had to miss it. Well, that got rescheduled and had it last Sunday. And when you're sitting in the lobby and you know your car's on the rack and they tap you on the shoulder and say, there's something you need to see. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I picked up a a small vibration about 65 70 miles an hour i figured i dumped a wheel weight or something well i go out and i look at my car up on the rack and my less than two-year-old front tires so with 20 22,000 miles on them on the inside are showing steel cords so it just got expensive from there i ended up yeah. uh needing two lower a-frames because uh the uh, rear bushing had gone bad on both sides but with the new cars, you don't just replace a $10 bushing. No, no, no. You got to replace a $240 A-frame. Mm-hmm. And uh, ended up one tie rod end, uh, sway bar lengths. Um, and I was due for back brake, so I knew that. So I ended up with a $1,035 bill. Um, and the car's in right now. As we're recording, getting front tires and alignment done, so another two hundred and sixty bucks. So yeah, basically a thirteen hundred dollar week wow. in a car that I bought two years ago for fourteen hundred bucks. <laughs> so, so now you've almost doubled the amount of money you got it. Well, you have doubled the amount of money you got into it. Well, yeah, I mean I've had some maintenance over a couple yeah. of years, you know. So that's why I drive a fourteen hundred dollar car. But I the market's so screwed up right now for cars, right? You know, and I mean, I deal with it, you know, working for a car lot. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, I can go ahead and scrap this one and get four to $500 and go buy something else. But my $1,400 car now is 2,500 or 3,000. And then I don't know what I'm buying. Yeah. I mean, I put a hub, left front hub on this one less than a year ago and did the front brakes. 
And now with this, and I figure if I had a car payment, it'd be 250 a month. So if I get five months out of the car without any other problems, I'm back to even. Yeah, so, you're doing all right. And actually, I'm ahead on this car anyway. So, you know, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. But I just put the money in this one figure and I know what I got underneath me now. So we're good. All right. Well, uh, we don't have a lot to cover this week because uh, there just hasn't been a lot of news. We're going to cover what we can. We're going to preview what we can, and we're going to get you guys off to your weekend. Uh, once again, we appreciate everybody joining us. I'm Dan Taylor. That was Dirk Houston. Uh, Dirk, let's kick it off. Do you want to do news, uh, local news, or dirt racing news, national NASCAR news? What do you want to kick it off with? Well, considering national news basically has one topic, I think we can go ahead and buzz through that one real quick. Ross Chastain was announced as the driver of the number one Chevrolet for Trackhouse Racing. He's going to be joining Daniel Suarez as the team expands in 2022. So uh, I believe that is essentially the ride that Kurt Busch has right now because Trackhouse is purchasing Chip Ganassi Racing. Yeah, and why they took the number one as opposed to the number 42, you know, uh, only Trackhouse knows why they yeah. did that. Might be something to do with sponsorship opportunity, you know. Like uh, I'm thinking, Clint Boyer's 07 was when Jack Daniels was the primary sponsor, and they right. wanted him driving the number 07, the old number seven. Yeah. So, Which, by the know, way, I, I've done a ton of research and still can't figure out why Jack Daniels is the old number seven. Maybe back when it was introduced into the liquor world, it was the seventh whiskey. I don't it, know. It was the ninth whiskey. No. <laughs> I. I Maybe <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Maybe but, they uh, had a few shots before yeah. they counted. <laughs> Wait, we can only say we had seven shots. We can't say we had nine. We can't say we had the twelve. Hang on. Uh, so Ross Chastain set to uh, move uh, to the one car, which really isn't going to be much of a change for him. But I'm happy for this. Ross is a young budding uh, athlete in our sport. Uh, very personable, great guy. We've talked to him several times. Uh, we've had a couple of drivers. In fact, I was just talking about this Thursday night when I was over at Knoxville watching the opening nights of the 360 nationals. And, uh, somebody was talking about how great of a guy Brian Brown was. And I said, ah, I've got a different opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and I clarified and I said, now let me just clarify. I'm a guy. Apparently Brian Brown's not that responsive to, to guys. He's very responsive to the ladies, but I've also approached him probably four or five times as a member of the media and every single one of the times the guy's been nothing but a jerk. Ross Chastain has been the yin to that yang, the complete opposite, the black to that white. He has been, every time we've asked, he has approved an interview. He has gone longer with us. He has been very cordial. He has been very open, a great interview. And I think he's just a very fun personality. And I think he's a pretty talented driver too. Yeah. I mean, he's getting the job done. You know, there's no doubt about that. He, I know he's got at least one second place finish this year. Um, so he's knocking on the door, um, also kind of answers a couple other questions about things that have been talked about, um, you know, with Kurt Busch being speculated to go over to, uh, 2311 racing. Mm -hmm. I think that kind of gives that a lot of, uh, credibility now, so to speak. Unfortunately, on the other side of all this is poor Matty D who, you know, it isn't going to end up in a quality cup ride if he ends up in cup. Right. You yeah. Know, and it's, it's unfortunate. Very unfortunate because he's 
just uh i think he's a probably one of the more well-liked drivers i don't know maybe that's not a very accurate statement but he's just a good dude nice guy uh doesn't ruffle any feathers goes out there and gets the job done but unfortunately we run into this issue a lot where there are more of those kinds of drivers than there are available seats and i mean the guy wears his heart on his sleeve you know i don't know if you follow him on facebook at all but you know he was uh, crushed um, last year when he found out technically that he wasn't coming back for the Wood Brothers. And, you know, this year when things changed around and Brad decided to leave Penske, I kept, you know, I, I was right on the part that uh, Austin Sendrick was going to go to the two car and not end up at Wood Brothers. But I thought they'd keep Matty D. So I was 50-50 on that deal. Um, but, yeah, I, I wish this guy the best. He's fun to talk to. Uh, I think he's a good guy for the sport, mm-hmm. but uh, unfortunately in a numbers game, his number didn't get called. Yeah. And it, it kind of seems like it's going to come down to uh, who's got available sponsorship dollars, which has been an issue for a long, long time. Um, if you're a mildly talented driver and you have uh, four or five sponsors coming with you, you're going to get a ride before a uh, pretty talented guy that maybe doesn't have a sponsor or only has one sponsor. It's just with the name of the game. Um, and like I said, there's a lot of quality drivers out there, but not enough seats. And that's always been an issue. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, would, I shouldn't say always, but that's been an issue for the last uh, 15, 20 years is that there always seems to be more drivers than there are seats because there's only 40 available spots on a Cup Series starting grid, even though we're not at 40. We're only at about 36, 37. 36, usually. 37, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, that, that's not a whole lot of the problem, but sponsor dollars are a big deal. That's what makes sports go round. It's not a secret. Yep. Uh, Dirk, have you heard about what happened to Aaron Reitzel, local sprint car, or well, not local sprint car driver, but uh, a sprint car driver? No, I have not. Uh, last Friday night, Aaron went with the World of Outlaw Sprint Car Series, and he picked up a win at Ransomville Speedway. I'm going to do a quick Google of where that's at. I want to say it was up in the... Uh, northeast uh yeah new york ransomville speedway in new york um aaron's went through tech inspection and officials saw something kind of suspicious with his chassis so they tested it and well excuse me they didn't test it they ended up poking around and looking at the inspection sticker that appeared to have been tampered with long story short this chassis was found illegal back in i want to say march at knoxville it was a white chassis that was found to be too, uh, the, the thickness of the, the, the bars was too thin. It, it, it didn't meet specifications. It has to be a certain thickness in order to withstand some of the accidents. And you know this, drivers like to uh, find any way they can to, to shave a little bit off and not have as thick of bars because it takes away weight, which is critical. So this chassis was found to be illegal. It was a white chassis back then. Apparently, he went and grabbed a sticker off of a legal chassis and repainted this chassis, put the approved sticker or the uh, sticker on it that had passed inspection on the illegal chassis and then went and ran at Ransomville and tech officials found it. <laughs> yeah, now that you mentioned it, I just didn't remember what name was involved, but I did read okay. that article. So $10,000 fine must be paid by the end of the month, August 28th for Aaron. Uh, his team owner, Roth Motorsports, has also been fined $10,000. They've both been hit with a 500, excuse me, Aaron's been hit with a thousand point penalty. 
Uh, Roth Motorsports has been hit with a 500-point owner penalty. The team is not suspended, but Aaron Reitzel is suspended from competition for 30 days starting on July 31st, as this happened on the 30th of July. Yeah, last Friday was the 30th. The team not being suspended, the only catch on that is they have to pay the fine before they're allowed to race again. Okay. And there was some conversation I, I had the pleasure of writing down with Stan and, and Buddy Caesar yesterday and, uh, and hanging out with, uh, with some people down at uh, Knoxville for the opening night of the 360 Nationals. And there was just some question of, well, how come the team's not getting suspended, but the driver is? How come the team can continue to compete? And I think this is one of those areas that you're not a big fan of, but I can, I can kind of go either way. Apparently, when Aaron Reitzel came and agreed to race with Roth Motorsports, it was all Aaron's equipment. He wanted it to be Aaron's, uh, Aaron, Aaron's motors, Aaron, everything, his chassis, his wings, everything was Aaron's equipment. Roth was just paying the bill, and Roth uh, supplied the, the, uh, the transporter. And I think maybe because of that is the reason why the team didn't get suspended, because the team wasn't the one that supplied the chassis that was found illegal. But well, yeah, the, the article was very specific um, that he owned up to everything he did. Yeah. You know, he didn't try and cover it up and say, well, how did that happen? You know, he said, yeah, I did it. <laughs> this is, you know, you know there's kind of those ones that you and I argue about every once in a while of intent versus, you know, cheating versus illegal. This is cheating. Clear cut. <laughs> this is one oh, of those yeah, examples yeah, that is. Well, and that's not a mistake. We talked about uh, the uh, the 48 and the nine team at Hendrick, uh, what, right. two weeks they ago, got, they got, got, got a penalty. Yeah, yep. that that was a mistake that was illegal, you know, and, and they got they got fined for it. And they're 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 going to pay their fine and, and they've moved on. <laughs> this is this is 100 percent cheating. There is no way to cut this and say. Well, that was just an oversight or a mistake, or these things happen. No, you don't. You don't move a sticker from an approved chassis to an unapproved chassis and repaint it. Yeah, I, I mean it's that's pretty blatant, you know. <laughs> and that's that's why the severity of the penalty was where it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, you totally destroy a season with a thousand point penalty. Oh, yeah that that one hurts. You know, the ten thousand dollar fine ain't that big a deal. They could have you know, really laid it on and made it a 50 grand fine, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but at a 50 grand fine, they'd have basically just, they wouldn't have shut the team down because Roth has a ton of money, but they'd have shut Aaron down. I think. Do you think that would have been, a, uh, as you say that, I kind of think of that um, they call it the death penalty with uh, the Texas, the Texas, the university down in Texas that was caught cheating uh, years ago. They did that big 30 for 30 on it. And basically shut the team down for three years. SMU. It yeah. was SMU. Yeah. Do you think it'd be similar to that, where the fine and and the penalty would be so bad that that Aaron Reitzel wouldn't be able to recover from it? Yeah, Aaron wouldn't have. Like I said, Roth would. Roth got a ton of money, so mm-hmm. that, that fifty grand wouldn't have been a drop in the bucket. But for Aaron, because um, I'm pretty sure that Roth and Aaron are going to split ways on this deal. You know, so I don't know if he'd have been able to come back from that or not. Yeah, that's kind of curious as to what will happen with that because I'm sure that Roth is not happy about this because, like I, we just talked about, this isn't a, a mistake and I, a, a, an oversight mistake. This isn't something that could be brushed under the rug and say, "Oh, sorry, uh, we weren't paying attention." This was blatant cheating, and that's going to be a stain on Roth as well as Reitzel, even though 
you know, you know the backstory that Roth really didn't have much to do with it. He's still going to get stained with this story. Exactly. It's it's uh, Roth doesn't take sponsors. Who was it we interviewed at Knoxville a couple of years ago that drove that Roth car to like a third place finish and explain that to us? I can't remember who that was. Um, I think it was just the last time we were there. I think it was when Brad Sweet won, but I can't think of who that driver was that ran third. He said, I got no sponsors to thank except the Roth family. You know, <laughs> he goes, they pay their own bills. They don't believe in sponsors. They don't want to have to answer to anybody. So, you know, there's none of that for them to worry about. There's several drivers out there that could jump in that car and get the job done. Yeah. So I I do believe they'll put another driver in. They'll pay the $10,000 fine. They'll definitely be at Knoxville where Aaron can't be at Knoxville, no matter how much money he's got. And I think whatever driver they put in might just stay in the ride. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see what happens with that. But uh, yeah. Interesting story there. So Aaron Reitzel suspended from competition. As far as I understand, he is not just suspended from the world of outlaws. He is suspended from every major uh, sprint car touring series. So he's on a one month vacation unless he wants to go race uh, some local track uh, that'll allow him to, uh, but <laughs> I won't believe they're going to be testing that chassis every time he goes through tech inspection. All right. Well, yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> They're, they're going to double-tech him for yeah, a while. absolutely. All right, Watkins Glen coming up Sunday at uh, for the NASCAR Cup Series race. Weren't, we were not there in 2020. Uh, I was looking through the results. Correct. It was a COVID casualty. Yeah, everything was shut down in the New York area, right? Well, that was part of it. Plus, logistics-wise, when they were trying to double up all these races and whatnot, yeah. You know, it was the same with Sonoma, you know, going clear across country to California or going clear up to the middle of nowhere with New York Mm -hmm. just didn't work. So last time we were here was August 4th of 2019 and no shocker here. Chase Elliott not only won the race, but swept both stages. Martin Truex Jr. finished second, Danny Hamlin third, Eric Jones fourth, Ryan Blaney fifth. Matty D, back when he was in the 95 car, finished 6th. Harvick, 7th. Kyle Larson, when he was in the 42 car, finished 8th. Brad Kozlowski, ninth. Kurt Busch, 10th. Uh, bad days for really nobody that you would expect. Uh, Joey Logano, 23rd. Yeah, that was about it. I think Joey probably the worst of the, uh, the driver, and he was on the lead lap. I know that's probably thinking a ways back, but do you uh, do you recollect if there was something wrong with Joey's car, if he had an issue on pit road or something? No, I don't uh, recollect right off the top of my head. 29 um, cars on the lead lap. Like I said, Larson, uh, excuse me, Elliott uh, won both stages and won the race. 60 points led 80 of the 90 laps. Uh, Truex finished third in stage one and second in stage two. But uh, kind of the guess is, do you go with Elliott? Do you go with Larson? I mean, at this point in time, with it getting down to the playoffs, you got to ask yourself, how close am I to making it into the top 16 in the playoffs? Do I need to use my Elliott or my Larson? Because those are two of the hottest drivers I would expect for the next two weeks. Now, next week, we go to the Indianapolis road course, and I think it'd be a safe bet to go with Elliott again or Larson again, because not only is Larson hot on the ovals, he's also pretty dang good on the road courses. Oh, yeah, yeah. Larson, you know... Um, he can definitely drive a road course, but whatever mojo he had there 
for four or five weeks has kind of wandered off a little bit. You think he's, he's, he's lost his momentum, his groove. Yeah. I, you know, um, there for five or six weeks, they could do no wrong. Mm -hmm. And I just think the odds of the, you know, of the world, so to speak, you know, I, I don't want to call it karma because it's not like he's done something wrong. Um, you know, just the ebb and flow of the sport has slowed him down just a little bit. And, uh, we talk about it all the time about the the ebbs and flows of this sport, the the ups and the downs, and and riding drivers when they're hot and guessing the right race that they're going to cool off. Well, I mean, Larson's had a couple races now where he, you know, hasn't hasn't looked like Kyle Larson looked the first half of the year. Um, now, whether they're doing a little experimenting, maybe, you know, because they know what they can just drop back in the car and go fast mm-hmm. or you know, or whether they're just struggling right now. They've got just a little bit off their game. I don't know, but uh, I don't expect, or not expect, I'm not looking for him to win this race. Top five? Oh, anybody's game in a top five. But Do you think he's a a top five? He could be. Um, I'm looking, um, let's see, who did I read the other day? Is Kozlowski on the poll? Uh, Yeah. Brad Kozlowski will start from the pole. Logano to his outside. Blaney, Larson, Harvick, Hamlin, Bell, Almarola, Truex Jr., and Bowman. Where's um, Elliott starting at? Did he get, because of his penalty, he's going to start 11th. Yeah, that's probably got something to do with it. Yeah. Well, Why he's yeah, I'm, I'm trying to so think what, that, what the starting metric is. It has to do with, I think it's championship points, previous race finish, each points. But I don't think he got dinged any of the in-race stuff. He just got hit with championship owner points or driver points. But maybe that knocked him down a little bit. I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, uh, if Joey's on top of his game starting in the front row, he's going to be real tough. Yeah. Um, I like that. Brad, I mean, that, boy, that first three rows, Kozlowski and Logano, both pretty good road course racers. Blaney's showing he's got teeth in the road courses. We know about Larson. Harvick, mm, he's okay as a road courser. Uh, but Hamlin is definitely a very good road course racer, but has fallen off of recent years. So it's, that's a, that's an interesting uh, top six starting positions. Yeah. Um, Hamlin's fallen off a little bit. I mean, he was really, you know, he was like Mr. Top five, mm-hmm. the first dozen races or so. And, uh, but he's due for a win. Yeah. And, it's, I, we were talking about that a while ago. He still doesn't have a win. And the two week break. Um could very well be the uh what they uh, needed to get back on track yeah yeah just you know just uh kind of regroup yeah uh so we'll see what happens again sunday at watkins Glen. the go bowling at the Glen, uh 90 lap race stages i think are looks like they're going to be stages at 20 20 20 stage lengths 20 hmm uh, it'd be 20 20 and 50 so stage breaks at lap 20 stage break at lap 40 and then uh checkered flag waves at 90 so 20 20 and 50 is going to be the stage lengths i had to pause and do the math there in my head that was the (laughs) the issue the uh, broadcast is going to be on nbcsn as well as mrn and sirius xm as always i suggest that you guys listen through the mrn app or through the nascar app because uh, nbc doesn't do too bad of a job but i just think it's much more exciting through the NASCAR app when you can listen on the scanner and, and the MRN or PRN broadcast is free. 
Uh, and I, I think those guys do a much better job of covering the race and giving you a much more exciting uh, race to listen to. But you can always watch the race at uh, Quaker Steak and Lube on the big screens at the Lube. They've uh, got my new beer on tap. I highly suggest you head down there and get yourself some delicious chicken wings. Try out their pizza and get yourself a full-fledged beer. It's a uh, beer that is brewed over here in Council Bluffs. Actually, just uh, like a mile from Quaker Steak and Lube over by the uh, Mid-America Center. So uh, no, try that not out. not even a mile. That's maybe that's probably not a half mile from Quaker You don't think State. so? They, no, they just roll the barrels over. <laughs> don't even put them on a truck. Yeah, just push them. All right, so Sunday, the uh, go bowling at the Glen at Watkins Glen. Uh, let's see. I wanted to cover a little bit. Let's see. Oh, the, uh, the race is to come. Uh, we are recording Friday morning. I'm going to try to get this out early Friday, uh, so that you guys have time, but, but Friday night at I 80 speedway is Shriners night at the races. If you can probably get free tickets through the Tangier Shriners, but the, uh, NASCAR super light models finally back at I 80 speedway for NASCAR weekly racing stock cars are back sport mods. And then sport compacts, plus they're going to have the good old time racing association. And let's see the kids money grab that was uh, scheduled for last Friday. that got rained out halfway through the races that has been rescheduled for championship Sunday, September, uh, September 5th. So mark your calendars for that. If you wanted to come back out for the kids money grab uh, Saturday at Eagle Raceway, it is one of my favorites. And Dirk, I hope you come out for this because it's worth just coming out and watching. The hillbilly slip and slide is back uh, as well as they're having the kids bike races during intermission. So if you've never been out the hillbilly slip and slide at the end of the races, Roger parks the water truck at the top of turn one, runs a hose down a big plastic sheet down the banking of turn one, tosses down some dish soap and then puts that water truck on trickle. And kids just go sliding down this thing. And it is an absolute ball to go down and, and do that and watch that whole thing. It's, it's a lot of fun. I highly suggest you, you throw your inhibitions away and come out and enjoy the hillbilly slip and slide at Eagle Raceway on Saturday night. Well, why did you say kids go do it? Uh, because I'm definitely a kid at heart when I do that. <laughs> okay. Uh, but okay. that again, it's the uh, kids bike races during intermission and then the hillbilly slip and slide after the races. One of the fun ones. I think it's that one. And the um, fire hose rodeo is my other favorite. Yeah, but you've never you've never won that event. I'll never do it. After I watched uh, Shaylee Bade go at it, I'm never going to do that again. She she definitely ruined it for me with um, being one one tough lady. By the way, Shaylee Bade registered for the Race Saver Nationals. She fully expects to be recovered from having her baby, which is due any time. I think actually she was due right around now uh, between August 4th and 7th. Uh, she's going to take a couple of weeks and recover, and then she is going to be at it for the uh, the Race Saver Nationals. So she With has doctor's kicked, approval. Yes, she has kicked Chris out of the car, and she's coming back. Um, I kind of thought that for the race savers, it was going to be a two-car team. You think so? But I could be wrong. Well, hang on now. I wonder, because there used to be the rule where you had to race at least three, I want to say it was three IMCA race saver sanctioned races. Now, Chris has, has made that. Chris has been racing at, at Crawford County Speedway. It's going to be tough for Sh uh, Shaley to do that if that rule is still in place. And I know they <laughs> dropped that rule uh, for COVID. 
last year, but I don't know if they if they reinstated it over the season. I'll have to get a clarification on that on Saturday. Yeah, I just I just thought that she was going to jump in the backup car or, or whatever. So kind of it's what kind of way I read it, but yeah, you know, uh, I just figured they'd both be driving. All right, yep, so. Yep, yep. Shriners night at the races Friday night. Saturday night is kids uh, bike races at intermission at Eagle and the hillbilly slip and slide after the races at Eagle. I know there's a lot more going on at tracks throughout the area. Apologize. We're not covering those guys, but if, if there's any tracks that want to get promoted, just send us your information. We'll gladly talk about it on the show. I love to promote the other racetracks. So uh, don't think we're excluding anybody. I just happen to know what's going on with those two tracks. So I'm covering it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, We've tried to contact some tracks and don't get mm-hmm. any answers back. So, yeah, can't help if we can't if we aren't given the information. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for us. We're going to be back to our regular schedule again. We're recording on Tuesday. I'm taking the recorder out with me on Friday uh, t- tonight and tomorrow night, and I'm going to try to do a couple of interviews out at the racetracks because uh, I'm not having any luck with getting these drivers to sit down with us on Tuesdays like I used to. So. Um, I'm going to try to get a couple of interviews knocked out. We'll have those for you guys over the next couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, uh, 360 Nationals at Knoxville this week. 410 Nationals start next week. What else are we talking about? What else we need to promote? Um, I saw there was a new uh, Iowa Dirt Touring Series that's getting kicked off late in the year. Let's see. I haven't seen anything on that, so. Let me get over to that page and I will, uh, I'll invite you over to it, but. Let's see. Iowa Dirt Nationals is the name of the uh, of the event. I met, I reached out to them trying to uh, see if we could get anybody on the show to promote the event. Um, the inaugural Iowa Dirt Nationals, a race festival for the ages, will contest October 14th, 15th, and 16th at Dubuque Fairground Speedway in Dubuque, Iowa. Features hobby stocks, stock cars, sport mods, modifieds, late models, and four stocks. What's a four stock? Probably uh, compacts. Four cylinders. Four cylinder. Okay. More information to guess. come. Uh, it's a collaboration between XR, which is uh, looks like a multimedia broadcast company, Dubuque Fairgrounds, and Darkside Promotions. Maybe I ought to reach out to Darkside Promotions. Iowa well, Dirt it, Nationals is the name of that event. It, it just sounds like an event. It doesn't sound like a series. Yeah. Kind of like it, it seems like it's uh, a lot like the Cornhusker Classic at I-80. Right. But you said a series. So Yeah. That's why I, mean, I haven't seen anything about a series. When so. I when I saw this original post, they didn't have any of that details in there. Just said that it's going to be a contest happening October 14th, 15th, and 16th. So I and they've added more to that post since I saw it originally. Uh, and I'm trying to remember when the I-80 uh, Cornhusker Classic is. Is that the same weekend? Um, I'm thinking the Cornhusker. Nope. I was Cor- thinking like the first weekend October. Yeah. Uh, Cornhusker is Friday, October 8th. In Saturday, October 9th, this is well, actually the second weekend of October. This is October 14th, 15th, and 16th. So a week after the Cornhusker. Yep. Uh, all right. I think that's going to do it for us. We tried to wrap it up a couple of times, but I keep finding things I wanted to talk about. So we will uh, we'll wrap it up for today, and we'll be back next week to do it all over again. Don't forget to get your picks in on time for the Rick Haven Ridge Pickens Contest. Uh, picks for the Watkins Glen race due by 2, no, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. Say one o'clock, just be safe. Say one o'clock central time in Nebraska and Iowa and surrounding states. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for listening. This has been the front stretch presented by Joe's Cardigan Council Bless and brought to you by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the front stretch. Thanks, everybody. 
The official watering hole of the Front Stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is happy hour, featuring dollar-off draft and well drinks plus $4 Luberitas. Mondays are kids' night. Tuesdays are all-you-can-eat wings for $12.95, and the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs. Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around the professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak and Lube. 